You're listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Benton, company culture coach and founder of Liberty Mind. And I want to inspire people to create unique company cultures where our human potential can thrive. In this podcast, I talk to organizations, thought leaders, and people about the impact of company culture. Together, we can make it thrive. This season is sponsored by the Breathe Culture Pledge, a community of like-minded SMEs who are committed to building and maintaining a people-first culture. Whether you've got your company culture nailed or need a little guidance to improve it, joining the Breathe Culture Pledge gives you the recognition and resources you need to help your culture flourish. Plus, it's 100% free. Join over 700 SMEs and invest in your people today. Head over to breathehr.com forward slash culture pledge to find out more. Hi everyone and welcome back to Make It Thrive. In today's episode, we approach culture from a slightly different perspective, looking at culture through the lens of community. A strong culture builds a sense of community. And when we have this, incredible things happen as people come together. Today's guest has done just that. In this episode, I'm joined by Joe Glover. Joe is the founder of The Marketing Meetup, a community of 35,000 plus marketers learning, meeting and growing in confidence together. But most importantly, doing it all with kindness. Joe has spoken on big and little stages across the world, having been on his own journey that has taken him from shy introvert to shy introvert. Joe is determined to help people like him that didn't feel events were for him and marketers who are as interested by impact as they are profit. I've long desired to have Joe on this podcast from having first-hand experience of the community he has built. I feel there is so much we can all learn from Joe's authentic approach. And I know just even from being the beautiful soul he is, he will give us all some food for thought. So without further delay, let's get started. Hi, Joe, and welcome to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's very, very exciting to share this with you, Lizzie. Well, I must admit that you have been on my hit list for a while. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. So, so, yeah, when I thought about this season, I was like, right, what is, who is one person that I really want to get on this season? And you, you were the one. So I'm really, yeah, excited to have you because, well, we met, we were talking about this before we hit record about Mm -hmm. how many years ago it's been at the marketing meetup. Yeah, it's been insane. It's been six years now. But I remember you you came and spoke in Cambridge, didn't you? Yes. Um, well, maybe five years ago. It was like proper early days and in, into things, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was a fresh newbie. And I vividly remember that talk as well because I was so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you smashed it. You did a great job. It was, and, it was so oh, I just remember, I do remember, you know, the one thing that you say about the marketing meetup is that everyone is lovely and I can hands down say 
that is the experience I have always had. So, <laughs> I was massively reassured. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a relief. it's a relief to hear it every time. <laughs> I mean, that is one of the kind of the reasons I wanted to kind of get you on today because. I mean, you and I will both know from being in the world of business what it's like going to some of these, in quotes, networking events. And I really hate that word in itself. Um, But it's one of those things where you go and you almost have a a prejudgment about what to expect. And Mm. I've certainly been at even marketing events where I've been and they can be very two-dimensional and feel really Mm. icky. And mm. there can be a lot of that kind of, oh, if someone doesn't know who you are, they don't really want to talk to you and kind of almost this bit of an ego situation going yeah. on, which immediately kind of makes you feel uncomfortable. Um, mm. But I, I never felt that, you know, with the marketing meetup and with so many of these meetups claiming to be different. I mean, <laughs> when you began the marketing meetup, did you ever expect it to become this global community that it has today (laughs) yeah I knew it right from the off it was like no no, of course I didn't no it was silly it was an event in Cambridge that I started and I guess you know hopefully it feels the way it feels because uh, it was started in the spirit of acknowledging everything that you've just spoken about you know that it felt surface level so let's aspire for something that feels more meaningful and substantive um it was about people not wanting to speak to each other. So let's make one of our core values saying hello to one another. Um, it, you know, the events which don't feel welcoming, well, let's value kindness and speak about it. You know, I've landed online recently that really we're a kindness community that happens to speak about marketing, um, you know, and, and like that feels good to me. I know that it's not the reason why everyone attends, but like for me, you know, that's that's where I'm starting from. And so like all of these things, you know, sort of combine in such a way where it's just like, there's no plan. There's no grand plan of like, oh yeah, we wanted to make it like a world world thing or whatever like that. It was just like, yeah, you know what? This is cool. This is nice. And we're going to come together as a bunch of human beings and just genuinely have a nice time. I think, you know, like I'm not a complicated man at all. You know, I'm I'm remarkably simple actually. And, and, And with that in mind, then it's all about simplicity. You know, what is it that, comes you know what creates a great time well you know people come together if they feel like they're heard like they're valued like they're cared for like they're learning or progressing you know all of these things matter and so that's the type of event that we wanted to to create if that was our starting point I think that's probably the reason it's turned into what it has turned into because our starting point was that rather than the starting point of how can we sell a bunch of things or how can we get a bunch of people to sell at each other which you know has its place but certainly for someone like myself then it just wasn't a place that I felt like I could do well in and and so I'm I'm proud of what we built um, because it's been a lot of fun and it's been a co-created experience where the community has really sort of built it together with us and made the decision to create it so it's cool it's very very good yeah I love it and I I really resonate with what you've said there because I don't know whether you realize it yourself but you've used so many of those key elements of culture and authenticity and those values and Mm. really started from like you said from that place of actually you know Mm. being within a community what is the sense of belonging that we are trying to engender 
and having those values and and really living them and, and living them so authentically because it you know it's so hard to get down later on down the line and kind of go oh we need to have some kind of culture we need to have some values and you know because now you know networking in quotes has become a huge business in itself mm-hmm. um you know mm-hmm. you've you've got huge enterprises now that are, are making a lot of money from these kind of network so-called networking events or whatever they sort of label themselves now as <laughs> I see them yeah, usually usually communities. Yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> is like the opposite of what they actually are absolutely absolutely <laughs> horrible but you've actually created something so authentic and with these values in mind and that really comes comes across I mean has anyone ever sort of said to you like you have genuinely created the most authentic culture you know, in terms of a community that I've ever seen, it's really powerful. And I think that's from the outside looking in, that is how I can totally see why it's become as big as it has. That's funny. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I guess by definition, um, I should be surprised by someone else having that perception because I just think it's completely normal. You know, and, and that I guess that is probably the definition of authenticity, right? You know, to me, as the founder of a group like this, then it just seems like the most logical thing in the world that people would want to come together to have a nice time, <laughs> to enjoy each other's company and listen and, and genuinely listen to one another. You know, those things are obvious to me, but, you know, and that, that's why we've built things the way that we have. We have. And so, you know, it, it's really lo- it's really lovely to hear all that stuff. Um, but honestly, it's 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 a little bit of a surprise in a sense because I'm like, well, why doesn't anyone else do it? And and really, you know, I come back to this again and again. You know, this sort of concept of kindness as a competitive advantage, mm-hmm. and it feels kind of a little bit dirty to sort of acknowledge that, like, being kind to one another and looking after each other and genuinely placing people at the centre of what you do somehow seems to be both um, sort of personally rewarding, but also financially and commercially a successful thing to do it's amazing to me that that's that's a benefit you know that that's a differentiating factor at least a distinctive factor but it is and it's nice so so um no I'm completely surprised that people say that sort of stuff because it just seems so obvious but if it doesn't seem obvious to other people then it's very nice (laughs) (laughs) I want to pick up on what you said there as well Joe about you know the fact that putting people at the heart of what you're doing is Mm. should be the thing we do by default you know the people that it's going to impact we should have them at the the forefront of what we're doing and that Mm. gets lost so often Mm. and I remember watching one of your videos recently which I'm loving the video content that you're putting out by the way and I believe you went to go and visit is it David Hyatt am I pronouncing that correctly yeah Um, Yeah, you know and he's written some incredible books Mm-hmm. And I watched that video and read your blog post on that. And I just thought, why aren't more people doing this? Why aren't more people <laughs> thinking about their purpose? And, you know, thinking about, okay, what is it that people want, like, to experience with the product and all of this kind of thing? Because mm-hmm. it does then make everything else better. It makes everyone else's experience better. It makes your product better. <laughs> um, and I, it, it always just baffles me that we're still so far removed from trying to put people at the very core of what we're doing 
it, it's it's it, I, the place where I've landed on it is that it's because of how most businesses optimize their operations, which is uh, commercial success. And then you combine that with a secondary factor, which is short termism, you know, which is that businesses not only look for commercial su su success, but they look for it tomorrow. And I completely understand that because in the context that we live in, you know, there's stuff like inflation, interest, you know, recession, all of these things are relevant and difficult. And therefore, you cannot sometimes look beyond tomorrow and sort of say, you know, what can we do to survive? But in the majority of cases, when it's, uh, quote unquote, a little bit more normal, then we're still falling into that trap of, of simple commercialism as being the sole North Star for what we do as business. I think when you look beyond that and you start to look to benefit people, planet and profit, then you start looking to build a business that is sustainable, not only in terms of environmental, but also things which feel more enjoyable. I think it comes down to like these first principles, right? You know, I mean, something we don't discuss enough in business is this concept of enough. We just speak about growth, you know, it's, it's crazy to me because it's like, you know, I, I could have a, a billion pounds in the account, but there's no way I'd be able to spend that in my lifetime. You know, there's no way my grandchildren or my grandchildren's grandchildren would be able to spend them in their lifetime. I'm not even sure I'd want to. Um, and so really, I think this idea of impact feels far more interesting. And, and so what can you do to impact people's lives in a meaningful way? What can you do to impact the, the planet in, profit in, a, in a good way? And then what can you do to grow a business that has profit and therefore is able to impact the other two things? I think it all comes down to decision making, how we choose to build our businesses. And for me, you know, it's been a long-term project. We were two years simply breaking even, you know, and it wasn't a business, it was a hobby to start off with. But after those two years, we've built a profitable business that employs people, as well as a community off the back of it, which supports one another. And it's just a lovely place to be. So I think ultimately, you know, we've taken a long-term view on things and we've not focused solely on commercial objectives and therefore we've been able to build the community and the business that we have i know that not everyone has that luxury but it's a lot of fun right now and i know that we are genuinely helping people so i definitely recommend it yeah definitely oh honestly it's we need more of you joe <laughs> <That's what we laughs> need. i don't know i think people get very bored in listening to me. <laughs> one thing i'm really intrigued by as well is what was the spark or the catalyst for you starting the marketing meetup? What really made you wake up one day and go, I'm going to start this community? Is there an experience <laughs> behind that? Is there an aha moment? <laughs> no, there's nothing crazy. So, I, I mean, so the truth of the matter was that um, I sat one day. In fact, there's... there's there's two versions of this story. So I'm going to, I'm going to start at the end and then work my way back to the beginning. So I, I, I found myself with a meetup.com subscription. I was new to the Cambridge area and I knew that I wanted to start a football group, which is, you know, my thing outside of work. And, uh, so I started the Cambridge all abilities welcome football group. Um, but a meetup.com subscription is quite expensive. It was about 60 pounds a month. And so I was like, well, you know, what else do I like, <laughs> you know, and I like marketing, so I started the marketing meetup. As it was, the Cambridge All Abilities Welcome football team <laughs> did quite well, and, and sort of we turned up every week, and I made some good mates off the back of it. But the Cambridge marketing meetup got a hundred members quite quick, and I was like, "Oh shoot, I better do something with this." And, and and that's the reason why we started the first event. 
backtracking a little bit though um the reason why the marketing meetup existed or you know it wasn't just that i liked marketing is that i wanted to learn more about marketing and meet other marketers and everything that we've described so far where you walk into those rooms and people are stood in those circle found, uh, formations where you have to break into and say hello and even if you do then they just ask you about your budget or your job title that was a horrible experience for me because I'm far more introverted than I'm extroverted. And particularly in those scenarios, saying hello to someone was a real act of courage on my behalf. And so when it was met with those sort of disappointing experiences where people were just valuing something quite superficial, then I knew that I wanted to build something with meaning. And so um, that's really why the marketing meetup was born. It was a safe place where people could come together to connect, learn about marketing and, and do it all with kindness. Really, though, it's funny because it goes back to one of your questions about building this thing that sort of turns into this global community. It was never about that. It was just about meeting some new people in Cambridge and, and having a nice time together. And the fact that we did and then, you know, people started coming up to me and say, could I do this closer to my house? You know, it was like such a nice bonus. And, and everything's been so organic to date, which has just been really, really nice. We are at a bit of an inflection point now. So the community is about 36,000 people. And so like now is the time where like we've got like a couple of board people on board and, and, and you know, who are advising us from like bigger businesses and stuff like that. And it's been such a mad shift in terms of sort of ambition. But like even then, you know, e even six months ago, I would have treated ambition as like this dirty word where I'd be like, oh, you know, the ambitious are the financially driven. But you know what? I'm just so driven and fired up right now by this stuff that I've already spoken about, the people, planet and profit, by this idea of building a business that values impact, that like, I don't know, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And so um, it was never like this mad ambition from the beginning. Every step from right from the start has been organic, whether it's that feeling of like uh, being dejected at events through to people coming up to me and asking if they could run an event close to them through to doing the webinars online when COVID hit, which have been crazy successful, which is so lovely, um, through to where we are now with sort of like this sort of real inflection point. Every step along the way has just felt so natural. Um, and I'm just really excited to see where it can go now. Yeah, absolutely. Has there been a moment so far where you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what, has, what have I created? <laughs> Both both every day and never. <laughs> and I say I say never because as I say everything feels so organic mm. but there are definitely those moments which are just like jumping around the room you know like I'm really really lucky I feel like I'm running out of heroes to interview which is such a nice thing but like you mentioned David Hyatt like I see his work on the internet all the time I'm like this dude is who I want to be when I grow up and all of a sudden he gave me a day of his time, you know, and we traveled down to Wales just to see him specifically, this guy who's been in Apple ads, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, we're just like stood next to him learning from him. And he, and he was amazing. You know, he was someone who like had like, it was almost like he had a quote pocket of wisdom in his back pocket that he could just refer to because he was so, he was just, he was amazing. And like, I think of those, those people and those opportunities I've had and I'm like, hell yeah, that's amazing um so yeah there's definitely those moments along the way but it's uh it's also simultaneously like this just sort of this eking natural progression i guess you know to round off like this answer is like I, I, linkedin has been quite kind to me in terms of like a social network 
but if you actually look at how my posts perform then they're regularly just sort of like sort of getting like a decent amount of engagement but never sort of like that sort of viral sort of content that you see some from, from some people and I think that's quite representative of of me and the meetup in a way we're sort of like steadily growing over a long period of time just trying to do the right things and trying to help people as much as possible and step by step it's just become a little bit larger a little bit more impactful a little bit kinder and like day by day we're sort of like getting a little bit better and we're just on this pleasant cruising altitude where you know we're steadily on the up rather than this sort of mad explosion of growth and uh weird things happening (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i really enjoy your linkedin posts and i actually recommend your linkedin blog to so many people (laughs) genuinely joe that linkedin blog blew my mind and i've totally because i used to hate it and especially Um, I hate to say it, being a woman on LinkedIn as well is a different experience. And it's been, at one point I was was thinking, do I even stay on this platform? Because it just feels icky to me. I don't enjoy it. Some of the people that, you know, would comment on things, I, you know, would always get some white man trying to undermine me in some kind of post. Um, Or normally of the older generation. And I was thinking, do I want to be in this environment? And then I read your posts and I thought, right, I'm going to give this another shot and I'm going to really, really, you know, do my homework. Joe's given us all the information of what, what we need to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I really resonated with your LinkedIn post. And That's really nice. I just, yeah, I share it to everyone. Whenever, whenever, whenever anyone says to me, oh, I don't know how to do LinkedIn, I'm like, I've got a blog for you. it's that type of thing you never hear though and like I think that's like so it's really nice to hear it but I think it's also like your questions so far have been so lovely and and so complimentary but I think there's also an element which is like I just feel like I'm a guy in an office with my dog at my feet sort of doing this thing I I don't have this perception of myself that like people are actually going ah you know what his work is is worth sharing like that's mind-blowing to me so you know thank you like it's really really no it's genuine it (laughs) is genuine and I feel in the space that we're in at the moment especially with social media how it is there's all this kind of kind of a pandemic in itself across all of the platforms is this personal branding that we're seeing at the moment of kind of these um, entrepreneur influencers that are coming out and a, a lot of it you know people are kind of saying to me oh isn't this and I'm thinking that's not nothing brand new and it feels very PR like it feels very you know that there's a machine behind them churning this stuff out of like oh you need to post about this oh you need to do this next and it feels very manufactured. I think that's what I'm trying to say. If there's like an X factor for personal branding right now, it's definitely in full swing. But the beauty is I never feel that with anything that you produce, Joe. And I think it still comes down to that authenticity because I know that it is coming so much from your heart. And I, and I you know, will share it, will comment, it, will like on it. But that's because it purely resonates because it is from you it's not you know yet another kind of I don't know for example mental health quote that has been on Pinterest for decades but now all of a sudden this person has shared it and it's got their face and their name on it everyone's like of course you're so wise you're so wise 
I mean, do you find this as well, that there seems to be this kind of weird personal branding situation happening that's, that does make people cynical of content that you put out on a personal level? Definitely, you know, and, and I've, I've been affected by it too. You know, there was, there was quite a long time, you know, at the beginning of this year, sort of, I don't know, say February through May or whatever, where I was questioning myself, you know, should I, should I be posting like them? I mean, they certainly seem to be getting lots of likes and shares and engagement and stuff like that. You know, should I be doing that? Am I, am I missing a trick by not sort of pandering to what appears yeah. to be popular? Um, the only conclusion that I've, I've come to on any of this, you know, I mean, the first thing about posting on LinkedIn in particular is like people feel like they have to. So then the first sort of question is, do you want to? And, and you know, I, I enjoy the process. So, you know, I do want to. But then the second question is, do I want to post like that? And, and the answer is no. You know, I don't want to I don't want to post things which I know probably could get 10,000 likes, but I don't feel a substantive or representative of me as a person. So, you know, I, I resolved recently just to post what I feel is truly representative of me. And that goes in both ways, because actually I would still post things that I felt like were good or right. But I would post like a really, really short version of it because I thought a shorter post would be a much better place to get a lot of engagement. And let's not, not sort of like kid ourselves engagement is important you know engagement gets greater reach and therefore if you've got a product or service and greater reach gives you more opportunities to get more eyeballs but once those eyeballs are there what are they thinking and like are they thinking this is a person of substance or are they doing a quick like and then moving on with their life you know so for me I've, I've sort of ended up in a place of like I'm going to post what I want how I would like to because it is those moments where like you get the real resonance you get substance and you start having far more interesting conversations and the reality is sort of moving this into a commercial context I've bought far more things from people who get like three likes on their thing than I do from the people who get 10,000 because like I don't need someone to tell me how to how to post on LinkedIn and get 10,000 because that's not what I'm aiming for I'm aiming at having serious, interesting conversations with interesting people who have opinions of their own. And I was only reflecting on this this morning that like, since I've resolved to do that, the comments that come back to my posts and stuff like that have been so much fun. And I've learned from other people rather than, you know, this sort of quote unquote great post and then people move on, you know, it's like actual conversations and that's wicked. You know, so, so now I, 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 I know what the pressure feels like and I don't deny that engagement uh, is is a useful thing but I think you also need to have the outcome in mind and for me the outcome my desired outcome is is good conversations with good people who you know may or may not want to come to the marketing meetup events I certainly hope they would but the marketing meetup as you say is also very representative of me and my personality so if they're resonating with the post and they may well represent you uh, uh sort of resonate with the group as well so it's uh i think it's just important it goes back to that first principle yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's very and uh, you know i think i think all the generic yeah. advice is taken you know yeah. <laughs> uh, be, be authentic be yourself you know it's, it's all it all sounds like cliche these days but 
it, it's <laughs> just true. It's just yeah, so absolutely. True. I think I think the thing is with it is, and I I'm I'm not reprimanding LinkedIn too much because funny enough I met I met a friend through LinkedIn. So again, we just built up this mm-hmm. kind of shared love. I can't remember how it even started. A shared love of something. Before we knew it, we were connecting. Um, then we were. I was on her podcast. She was on my podcast. We met for the first time in real life. It was genuinely one of those like lockdown friendships where you're kind of like, oh my gosh, you're a real person. Um, it was beautiful. And I'm so grateful to have met people like Susie through LinkedIn. But I just, just somewhere, I, I mean, at the moment, I must hold my hands up. I am obsessed with LinkedIn. I think I've officially down the, um, sorry, TikTok, officially down the TikTok dark hole um you know and <laughs> yeah. there's a great guy in there i'm sure everyone knows robert mayhew um he does different like marketing agency I, things and he did a great post the other mm-hmm. day that was i think it was a, a sketch of him being kidnapped um and the last bit right. was something like oh you know what have you used as my profile picture is it my linkedin photo have you used my linkedin photo that's a great photo <laughs> oh should we connect is that like, oh actually you know <laughs> this would be a great LinkedIn post, how my kidnap made me a better manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I was yeah, just yeah. dying. I was like, this is the truth. <laughs> it's so hard. And honestly, it genuinely, it causes you to question yourself as well. So I'll write something down and then I'm like, oh, you know, am I doing the LinkedIn thing? You know, and, and, and you know, and like, you don't want to, and it's sometimes there's such a, there's a freedom that comes from not knowing the tricks sometimes because then at least you can you can just post as yourself whereas at the moment like you you know I've got to the point now I'm like oh that's that's of type I I never want to be of type on LinkedIn but it's sometimes hard to avoid I think and and again that's it's why it comes back it's very specifically why it comes back to be yourself right because that's something completely unreplicable you know it's it's something that only you can do um and that is why it is the only sole defensible position you know you can follow the algorithm but someone's going to copy you if you be yourself there's no way to copy you so that's it is cheesy (laughs) (laughs) oh i like that advice i'm i'm happy just to be myself algorithm just had to get us anyway so why bother (laughs) absolutely the very boring life chasing chasing a bit of script so i mean we have digressed slightly but it actually leads me on to a really interesting topic that i think you might might have some insight into is that those ethical lines between marketing and using your culture as a marketing tool do you see what I mean? Because a lot of, again, a lot of brands will use certain things as a marketing, you know, culture or the things that they're doing in, for people in their business as a marketing tool. Yeah. And again, it's kind of that inauthenticity yeah. that comes across. And so many have put out something about their company culture, whether it is bring dogs to work or something, some crazy fad like that, that, you know, went off in the 2000s. But then it all really falls short of actually being true to what they're like as a company. It's like they still don't get the fact that culture isn't like the perks that you're offering or the wacky things you're doing with your office. It's how you're treating people. It's it's the it's literally mm-hmm. the values that you're living. 
where do you see those kind of ethical lines being blurred or, or what's your kind of input on that I suppose I, I think you've said it best really it's about authenticity you know is it real um I think that's where the conversation both starts and finishes really um perks are good we actually did a bit of research with the marketing meetup recently we asked people to list um, the most important factors that would get folks to apply for roles at a new company number one that came out was salary number seven the last the last thing on the list was was perks um you know and uh, actually company culture came remarkably low on this so i'm not saying that this is like a a perfect survey by any way but what it gave was an indication that like people are bothered about the hygiene factors more than they are about the perks and and it's a bit you know it's a bit peacocky you know to sort of be doing the the the, the cultural stuff without any substance behind it and I, I think i think that's what i strive for really you know is is meaning mm-hmm. substance you know authenticity and if, if all of those things are, are lacking then it's, it's simply not true you know and and that's just not a good place to be in because you get yeah. found out as well you know i think that's the thing that you can get away with it for so long um, before and then in the end you get found out. The flip side is though, you know, that I see some people and I actually saw him get a bit of uh, flack the other day. So there's this guy called Ash, uh, runs a company called Great Influence. And he's in the, he's built a team of like six people. So it's not a big company, you know, but it's not, it's not nothing either. And Ash regularly does things like taking his team to concerts. And they had a really good quarter, so they all went to Ibiza together. And like those are flashy things where you're like, yeah, you know, you post them on LinkedIn, you're probably going to get a lot of likes. You post it on TikTok, you've got a lot of likes and attention. And then I saw a couple of people recently sort of post things to the effect of taking your team to Ibiza is not building a company culture. I've been to Great Influence. I've been in the company that Ash has built. And that is exactly the type of thing that his team would love. They would really enjoy it. And it has substance and it has meaning um, to them. And, that, you know, they're appreciative and they're a really tight-knit, great company to work for. And so I think there needs to be a healthy cynicism with these things, which is, you know, uh, don't always believe yeah. what you see. But then I think there needs to be the flip side, which is a bit of positivity, which is meaning to say, you know what? Sometimes things are just good. Sometimes it's okay to accept it at a surface level and say, you know what? The boss might actually know what's good for his company. And in this particular time, then Ash has been doing a really great job. And like I haven't met a person who cares more about his team ever than, than Ash does. And so I just think it's a, uh, it's a, it's a double-sided thing. I think if there's a word to live, a word to live life, by, <laughs> balance probably, and probably in this circumstance, it's a balance. Yeah, it's a balance absolutely, thing. very wise words. Yeah, I totally, yeah, I totally <laughs> agree. It's one of those things where I'm always trying to encourage people to talk more about their culture and, and what it's like because it's mm-hmm. can often be such a closed book for companies. They don't want to talk about it, or mm-hmm. you know, there is that fear of backlash in some kind of way. But actually, the more open we are about what we're doing, the more we can learn from each other and we can understand what it is that the people do want from work and what drives them. Because not every company culture is going to fit everyone as well. It's, you know, I always say there's no such thing as like a perfect company culture. 
um, it's like an illusion yeah. that people are trying to strive for that doesn't exist. Absolutely. There's nowhere else to go once you've told <laughs> the truth, right? You know, and, and say it. And, and people are able to form their opinions on the truth, and that's fine. Um, but at least you know you're living that truth. And, and, and you're right. I, th I think the same thing. There was a quote the other day that we had in a webinar about sustainability where um, our guest speaker, who was the head of sustainability for Brompton, encouraged people to really notice that there isn't such thing as, as a quote-unquote sustainable company. We are just all on this journey of, of building or improving sustainability if we choose to be on that journey. You don't get a gold star at the end, and you certainly don't get a gold star if you build a company culture. Um, you know, it's a constant effort, and it is the single hardest thing in business too. You know, as much as you've been really, really kind at the beginning of this podcast and sort of said nice things, you know, like only this morning I've been having a conversation with team members about how we can, you know, sort of make sure everyone feels included and, and happier and, and stuff like that. And it's, it's not it's not a one and done thing. It's like a constant yeah. effort. It's the hardest thing. But if you get it right, it is a lovely, yeah, lovely absolutely. thing. Like you say, I, I, I always say to people, you know, it's a journey and it's always progress over perfection. Like that's one of my favorite um, mm. sort of taglines as it were. Um, but I, yeah. I do, I say, you know, the, you know, you're doing it right when you're constantly asking the question, what can we do better? That's when you're doing it right. It's not when you're going, Oh yeah, we've done this culture day. Just like wash my hands. <laughs> we'll wait for the next that's year. It. <laughs> it's like, no, it's, it's every <laughs> month, every week. Go, okay. Oh, that didn't quite work. How can we do that better? It's always having that that mindset of continuous improvement absolutely absolutely that's yeah. all we can hope to do do a little yeah. bit day if, we, if you don't want absolutely. to do that's okay as well. <laughs> so I really wanted to ask you a question as well because I know you mentioned how um, David Hyatt was one of your kind of superheroes in terms of marketing and I'm the same mm. when it comes to company culture so I get obsessed with wanting to kind of go behind the scenes of different company cultures um, and I do it a lot with my uh -huh. YouTube channel. So I'll kind of I'll investigate a company culture of a brand that I really like and then kind of do a video on it. Yeah. And I, I always have, you know, one day I really want to go around some of these workplaces and kind of like, you know, see what it's like. Um, but have you got any other superheroes or brands that you're kind of still there on your bucket list of I really want to sort of get in there and get <laughs> under the bonnet, as they say? Uh, is is an interesting question. I mean, there are companies. So I, I'm I'm lucky, you know. I'm I'm going to go and give a talk at Innocent in a few weeks, and like that's wicked, you know. And, and they're a company that I, I think they're interesting in a couple of ways because they're obviously set up in a really incredible way and and have a, a fab story, and their marketing is on point, you know. But they have been bought out by Coca Cola as well, and, and that's always the thing that sort of yeah. goes in the opposite direction you sort of say oh innocent smoothies and then the people go oh yeah they're great but you know so it'd be really interesting you know to go there and sort of see how they deal with that dualism and, and whether that's like you know how that comes through my suspicion is that they're given quite a lot of opportunity to be themselves because that's certainly how it seems yeah. to come through so like innocent smoothies would be amazing i, I also think it's interesting to step out of your comfort zone so for me you know i, I think so my first job was actually as an SAP consultant before I, I went into marketing. So I was building like tech systems for FTSE companies and stuff like that. And I found it fascinating in that like, you know, I was, I was working at big oil and, well, big gas companies. 
And like they were so far removed from anything that I wanted to be part of. But it was such a learning experience because it was so informative. And so in that regard, you know, like I would literally take any learning from anywhere and, 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 and want to apply it. So, you know, it would be interesting to go back with a few less insecurities and, and go into these companies and sort of see what they do and, and think, oh, actually, maybe this isn't the way that it's done. Um, there are a bunch of companies, but actually my co-founder, James, is much better at this. So James is like the guy that introduced me to Hyatt Denim and, and the do lectures with them. And like he's like a sniffer dog for these amazing companies and people. Um, we recently had a, a YouTuber called Bo Miles, who's just the world's most wholesome man, you know, and, and, and James put me on to him as well. So I think if you ask James, you get much better answers than me. <laughs> But, but there we go like innocence movies and <laughs> i think it's where Amazing. we go i love that but it's true though because i i even get it with um you know uh with a lot of companies that i work with they're always really interested in all the big tech brands or all of the kind of this mm. the glamorized brands that we look at when it comes to company culture but from my experience, some of the most fascinating company cultures are far, far removed from the glamour of tech or marketing. And I'm like, yeah, but have you heard about this company in France who are actually a manufacturers, but they do these things? And they're like, what? They do what? And it's like, honestly, it's really interesting. But because it's not as glamorous or, you know, they've not got all the mod cons. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, it's really interesting. So like, I've got oh. a question for you because like this is you know it, it's fascinating because these tech companies are seen as like the the yes. cultural yeah. leaders right and but they have been uh the the monarchs of this perk culture yeah. that we speak about you know and, and they're kind of held up as as these examples but do you do you think it's really built on substance do you think it is really really good or do you think it, it's we should be aspiring for something more or different than 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 what we seem to hold up as these examples. I think we should be aspiring for so much more. I feel from mm. my experience and from what I've learned over all my years of working with businesses is people are drawn to those companies mostly because I mean back in the day, yes, they they led the culture phenomenon. I mean Netflix and Google, they were the ambassadors for having culture and they really drew, drew people over with the perks that they were offering beyond what corporate had ever offered before. But it's so easy to compete with those things now. It's no longer a competitive advantage. But the opposite of that is the fact that I always say that there's the, the, the very foundation of a company culture is that psychological safety. Do I feel like I can be myself when mm. I'm in this environment? And so many different mm. studies have, have showed that there is so much pressure in those environments to perform to a certain level that people really are only going to them to get them on their CV to go, right, I've worked at Google for two years or four years, which means I can then go on to do something else. And so mm. I feel like we have for too long treated them and put them on a pedestal that, that mm. shouldn't really exist they're still incredibly hierarchical um you know they yeah. they've experimented with more progressive ways of working um but not really shifted anything and they they still have 
massive diversity and inclusion problems um, that, that say to me yeah. that they have a lot, lot more work to do when it comes to, you know, building their culture. So I think it's a shame. And, and so and also their, you know, their leaders are still your typical white male CEOs. We're not seeing a diverse enough board. You know, the people at the top are still making very biased decisions for the rest of the company. Um, mm. So I, I do kind of, I saw a really interesting Twitter post the other day about, um, you know, the leaders who are, you know, moving company culture and all of them were the likes of like Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk. And I was like, this is a list full of kind of crazy people. Like, yes, I've done some great <laughs> stuff. I'm not denying that. But like you say, there's, there's duality. We can't we can't ignore the fact that these these are people who also have their flaws as leaders as well it's almost mm-hmm. like the yeah they they da- dangle the stick with one thing and then hit with the you know mm-hmm. hit with something else and it's so that's super interesting i guess my follow-up question in a way is like to you what's the purpose mm-hmm. of culture you know so um so there is an argument to be said, which is that the purpose of culture from a in a in a commercial environment is simply to get the most out of the human beings that happen to work in your company and therefore you're able to reach better commercial objectives, yeah. i.e. Yeah. more revenue. Do you do you I guess do you think it's the responsibility of companies to um to build something that is more than that or do you think it's okay that companies build something that is purely in the sort of in the the the, the primary di- uh, dimension of, of commercial yeah. success I feel but, but again I think it's because I'm quite like you my one of my core values is impact and so uh-huh. yes culture does equal high performance because it's I always say yeah. culture is not an, a thing of itself it's a means to an end so it's an environment mm-hmm. that you create in order to achieve something else you know okay. but ultimately yeah. for me I truly believe from an ethical standpoint that they should do more than that that actually it's a place of mm-hmm. belonging a place where as people we can thrive it's not at the detriment to to, to one or the other so a culture shouldn't be detrimental mm-hmm. to a person and it shouldn't be detrimental to the business it shouldn't it should be an ecosystem of itself that enables everything to thrive together um and in yeah. terms of yeah the kind of idea of getting the most out of people i hate that like i think simon Sinek does a really good example of like a sponge where you're constantly squeezing it and there are too many cultures yeah. that are still like that. Like how much more can I get out of you? Which shouldn't be, yeah. it should be how much more can I enable you to want to do? And what can I bring out of you mm-hmm. rather than what can I take away? It's mm-hmm. always that kind of like, what am I, it's always a very kind of lack mindset of, you know, the people are taking away from the business and we're taking away from the people. And it's just yeah. such a negative approach to business and culture Whereas actually when, you know, I always say we are such multifaceted human beings, we have so many skills and gifts and attributes to give 
yet in so many organizations we tell people to do one thing and one thing only and don't go outside the box don't color Mm. outside the lines Mm. and so we wonder Mm. why right now we've got the quiet quitting the great resignation because people are so unfulfilled and so unhappy at work because they're thinking for the past two years I've sat down and gone do I want to do this anymore is this really me like is my Mm. life worth just this it's you know and I I think now we want more from work than we've ever wanted before I don't think I know like you said earlier pay is really high and it's funny because there's another study that I'm part of that also said pay is really like the number one thing people look at but that's obvious isn't it we all need pay we want good pay we all need to pay the bills we need to eat but there's always something that comes after that like growth or learning or fulfillment so you can no longer just tick great salary it has to give people so much more because we will see them having side hustles or going freelance or whatever else that the world is so much more open and more dynamic now I don't think we can just Mm -hmm. have a menu of perks to make people come over to us I love that no thank you thank you I I think in a way like uh I hear you and, and you can move the conversation away from something that feels quite grey into something that feels full of vibrancy and, and like I've got like colours <laughs> in my mind about culture. You know, it's it's really, really cool though. So so thank you for sharing that. I think it's I think it's a really interesting thing and, and like you see the likes of Netflix yeah. right now. Uh, it was a couple of months ago in fact, they they sort of said uh, to their team on, on this yeah. report, so like it's not like hundred percent what they said but so far as I'm aware they said something to the effect of if you don't like the content we're making then don't mm. work for us anymore you know go and find somewhere else to work and and I wonder whether there's a pendulum swing uh, swinging right now away from that sort of perk culture more towards a more utilitarian sort of culture and whether there's the really where we're sitting ideally is, is somewhere in the middle you know and, and it's something again a little bit more balanced you know where you're getting the work from people uh, that they feel like they want to contribute, but you're also sort of benefiting yeah, commercially. Yeah. I, I don't know. Is it, it's yeah, it is. And there's so many great, I mean, I always hark back to one of my favorite brands is Patagonia, the clothing brand, because they mm-hmm. just, the way they do things is so in line with their values and so consistently as well. And I always say to even clients, you know, a lot of the time, and when I send a thank you gift to my clients, I'll actually send them a copy of the book, Let My People Go Surfing, no. because I'm trying to get across no. that that's that's they're doing everything. They're using their values and their authenticity as that North Star. Is this how we should mm-hmm. do things as a company? And mm-hmm. yeah, too often, not a lot of, uh, we're still using values and culture as a brand asset and as a PR stunt mm. rather than for the for mm. the true sort of community, like you say, like that community that it should really be, that we're kind of creating much more of an experience. 100%. You've made me go off on a tangent now, Joe. <laughs> it's like everyone's like we didn't we didn't jump on this one to listen to you lizzie we know what your opinion <laughs> no. is on culture <laughs> but it's a really good question uh, I, i'm happy oh, you shared it you. I, you know as i say there's, there's yeah. learning everywhere and, and, and you're far more <laughs> than i am so. oh so to add a bit of fun to this season before i let you go joe i have a quick fire round if you're up for it <laughs> Go for it. I, I, 
I imagine if you said no. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, bye everyone. He was meant to be kind. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so here we go. Can you share with us a song or playlist that makes you instantly feel good? Oh, you know what? Right now, I'm a, there's there's a, a person called uh, Sophie Cross uh, who runs. Uh, sorry, that was me opening my Spotify up. Um, who recommended an album to me called, uh, which was by an artist called Little Sims, um, S I M Z. And like, it's so good. It's, it, and I've had it on repeat um, for the past couple of weeks. So it, it's actually, it, a lot of the lyrics speak to introversion as well. So it's like, you know, it's, it's far cooler music than, than you know, I, I um, you know, you, usually listen to, but, you know, it's, it's really, really good. So cool. Little Sims is... Love is that. Cool. I love like a little unique Spotify find as well. I, I discovered a guy <laughs> called Blanco White um in lockdown and okay. funny enough I went to mm-hmm. went to Norwich in May to see him live and it was a lovely like little nice. intimate oh. gig and I'm just obsessed with his mm-hmm. music and you know when you just find someone <laughs> where you just want to share it with everyone you know and you're like you need to listen to this guy it's so good it's very cool um next question a book or podcast that changed your life Mm-hmm. I so this is like super Love deep. It. <laughs> it's too deep, <laughs> but um, there's. I'm sure you, you probably heard of it. You might not, have, so I'm not going to put that on you. Uh, Man's Search for Meaning uh, by. Uh, yes, I have Frankel. heard of that one. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, it's it's pretty dark in that you know it, it's about the experiences of of um concentration camps and stuff like that from the perspective of a psychologist and really my my biggest takeaway i mean you don't have to read the book to to um to to get this takeaway which is that you can be in almost any situation and people can they can own your body they can they can do whatever they can do to you but the thing they cannot take from you is what is in your mind and and like i i, I like that feeling of control to a certain extent but i think i am also someone who self-identifies as someone who has a lot of uh is it an internal uh yeah. locus of control in that i sort of believe that it's my actions that will shape my destiny and therefore you know that really resonated with me and, and so um being a dad recently has proven that i'm not in control of an awful lot of situations um but but i do like that thought that um you have a lot more control over your thoughts than sometimes uh, we give ourselves credit for, um, with the obvious caveat of <laughs> things, you know, regarding mental health yeah. and stuff like that, which obviously is uh, challenging. Yeah, for yeah, for definitely. People. I love that quote of Victor Frankl. It's such a powerful one. It really is. It's cool. It's cool. Anyway, I'm sure the fun <laughs> quick fire around. <laughs> no, it's good. We always have different books, which is why I love this because you never know what you're going to get out, and it means a lot of the time my kind of my book list or podcast list increases as well. So secretly, this is my own agenda. <laughs> um, the best advice you've ever been given? Uh, don't give advice, which was given to me by my dad. Um, and to add a second line to that is um, I'm 
I'm always happy to share experience or opinions, um, but advice indicates that I know <laughs> what's best to do in, in your context. That do. is so true. <laughs> Love that. One bucket list item. Hmm. I would like to buy a camper van and then just drive lots and lots of places. Uh, my wife and I did 10 days in a camper van in Scotland and it was the best holiday of my life. And uh, it was just time spent with her. So actually I'll add extra uh, lots of camper van time with my wife and daughter. And Love daughter. that. <laughs> Love that so much. I, I must admit sometimes I'm just like, let's sell everything and live in a camper van. I think everyone has one of those moments now and again, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's incredible, the freedom. And, and like, if people haven't spent any time in Scotland, then they need to, because it's probably the most beautiful place. Yeah, on it's on my bucket list to get up there a bit more. I've not been for a very long time. It's wicked. It's really and the wicked. last question, Joe, if you could create a placard for a public protest, what would it be? <laughs> I I saw this question and then I was like what what would I want to say and I I, I genuinely I think one of the things that about me is that I don't have an awful (laughs) (laughs) but I I I think it's just about I think what I'd say is it's not about you I think that's probably what I'd put on there which means to say that I think the mindset that has served me well is to realize that I probably live in service of other human beings, which sounds very altruistic, but actually it's also a route, a route in that I've found that the number one way for me to get anything back in life too is by giving first. And so this mindset of it's not about you, about looking to elevate other human beings first has been one that has made my life infinitely more enjoyable because it's nice to help people but it's also been simultaneously extremely beneficial in in every other regard of my life so it's not about you I love that one that's a great one Jay and it's also really spooky because I have a post-it note above my desk that says always be in service (laughs) (laughs) there we go (laughs) that's spot on I mean so it goes back to something you said earlier about like asking questions so rather than looking to take from the company like it's the number one management thing for me rather than sort of saying you know you didn't get uh you're 10 percent below target you know you can ask the question how can we help you get 20 percent up next month and you probably get a much better answer than making someone feel rubbish about themselves so it, it's a very practical useful mindset to have and has like real benefits in terms of management but also everything else that goes with it i couldn't agree more thank you so much for being such a beautiful guest jade lover um for those of you who would (laughs) like to discover you i have popped everything in the show notes um so that people can come Mm -hmm. and either ask you more questions or follow your wisdom on linkedin which i highly recommend um but just thank you so much it's been such a beautiful conversation to have with you and even i've learned lots from this so thank you that's kind well thank you very much i've learned a lot too so thank you for spending the time <laughs> you've been listening to make it thrive the company culture podcast with me your host lizzie benton if you've enjoyed listening and want to keep up with all things culture don't forget to subscribe 
Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to welcoming you back next week.